You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, I mean, he still, he still has got a lot he can improve on, which is crazy to say. I mean, he's had such a great season. Um, but just, I mean, the little things that NFL receivers do. I mean, he's got the explosiveness. He knows how to run the routes. But there's such the nuance and, and uh, the how you run the routes, how you set one route up to, to run another one. Um, but I, I'll say this. He's taken from the veterans, Marquez, um, I mean, from Justin Watson, from Travis. He listens and he learns as much as he can and tries to take that in. And I think that's why he's gotten better and better um, as the season's going on. Uh, going on. All right, fellas, baby, welcome back. Here we go. I, uh, I'm excited. I'm feeling good, man. You know, got back on the winning slide here, or streak, or whatever you call it, and um, and it was a big dub, big dub for the Chiefs. They go in New England and get this win against. Yes, the Patriots are sorry, they're awful, but they go out and get back uh, in the winning ways. And listen, I've been watching, and I've been listening. That's why I love it. We do our show kind of later. We kind of let, you know, everybody get past. I've watched nationally, locally, listened to the other podcasts right here on Arrowhead Pride and listened to other stuff, uh, uh, people talking about the Chiefs. And, I mean, it feels like they lost. <laughs> I ain't going to lie, man. Serta, I listened to Serta and Rocky right after the game. Um, I mean, I, I I felt like they were in a bad place. I'd be, I'd be in full prayer mode for Rocky, man. I, I'd be I, – I'm, I'm hoping – I'm like, Rocky needs to get a, a Newport, maybe a camel. I'm not <gasps> sure what it is. That maybe a cigar. I don't know. He's just uh, passionate. He just is. Passionate yeah, he's passionate. Oh, I, and I love it. I just, I'm like, man, my man ain't going to make it. I said, this is a win. I don't like, see Rocky as a cigar guy. He's more, he's closer to a cigarillo than a cigar. I, I would be shocked if he smokes cigars. Maybe a clove. Not sure. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure. You're probably right. No, he's, he's probably, cl- he, he might be a jewel guy, honestly. That might be more <laughs> in, in the range. American spirit. I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, I, but I've listened to, but listen, I'm going to tell you this. Where I came from from this game, and a lot of it, let's face it, is offensively, except for, you know, it, 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 the defense acts like, you know, you go out there and you, you got to start your car two or three times first for, for it cuts on like it's cold or something. That That's kind of the defense is. Outside of that, like it's really at the offense. And, fellas, I'll be honest. I don't know how you guys felt after the – well, I, I, I kind of know how Serta felt after the game, um, uh, after listening to him in the, in a rock show. But <laughs> for me, I was annoyingly optimistic – coming out of that game uh and i felt like for the chiefs offensively this was a step forward as much as the annoying things happened and there were annoying things and there were the things that we have talked about there were the things that we pleaded last week can you just minimize them now the annoying part is maybe they did minimize them a bit i don't think creed got called for a holding penalty Kelsey didn't get called for a, a an offensive pass interference penalty, which would have been three games in a row. Um, I know Jawan got flagged, but maybe it wasn't a hold, which was – I mean, you got to take the little things. Now, the annoying part is we're, we're throwing 50-50 balls in the middle of the field uh, to Blake Bell um, and uh, uh, to all of the people out there who, who keep blaming Blake Bell for this. Please stop. Patrick can do things wrong, okay? All right, he not only had Noah Gray uh, open uh, at the top uh, in the same route, you just don't throw a 50-50 ball in the middle of the field to, to Noah Gray. There's like a getting reason. mad for Matthew Della Vadova for not being good enough in the NBA Finals for LeBron. Yes. Like, come on, finish. it's not his fault. Yeah, finish with a dunk at the rim, Matthew. No, <laughs> like, we're, we're not. Like, listen, there's a reason that their hands met the ball at the same time because he was covered. So, like, listen, they still had that. They still had some of the penalties. They still had uh, fumbles that 
they got lucky that returned to them or fumbles in which they got lucky with phantom penalties being called Sky Moore. And of course, the one and, and the only, which if you'll if you'll watch everything and listen to people, the only mistake that was actually made in the game to many was the Kadarius Tony um, hit me in the hands and let me volleyball serve it up uh, <laughs> perfectly and softly so it gets picked off. Like, hey, man, just drop it through your hands. Don't drop it, it up. Was, it was like a volleyball. Like you set setting I mean, somebody it was, up. Like, it, it. <laughs> it was a perfect set for somebody, and somebody came over there and cleaned it up. All right. Uh, by the way, indoor volleyball, one of my favorite events to watch during the Olympics. Oh, love it. Love it. Love it. But anyway, um, but outside of the mistake things that they have to fix, and I guess there's arguments it couldn't be at worst, but they still had two turnovers. They still fumbled the football, put the ball. If you just say things out loud, their top two, to me, if you look at the Chiefs and they're right, their top three and I would say it's still in this order at this point, and maybe there is a shift to coming. But I would say the top three uh, performers, weapons for this team is Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Pacheco, and Rasheed Rice. Pacheco didn't play in the game, and Travis Kelsey was shut down. And you still – were able to throw the ball for 300 plus yards. You were still able to put, you know, points on the board. Now you got helped with a short field, but you were still able to put, to put points on the board, get drives, score touchdowns against a Bill Belichick defense. This is a top five defense. Now they suck overall, but this is a top five defense, the Patriots. And this is Bill Belichick waiting and game plan. And, and some of it worked as he took Kelsey away and you were still able to find not just plays, something that the Chiefs haven't been able to do all year. They found chunk plays. There were five plays over 20 yards, which for this team, five plays over 20 yards, a couple of 40s, a 40-yard play to, to Clyde, who stepped up, who, who maybe you're seeing something more with him. And I, to me, these are positive steps to get to the can you score 21. If you can score 21 and minimize mistakes and you give your defense a chance – I think that I don't think there's a team that they can't beat in the AFC. So yes, the, the the penalties and the turnovers are annoying, and you wish they would stop it. But if you say out loud, "Hey, our top two threats, one didn't play, the other one didn't really do much of anything," and we still were able to move the ball and score points against Bill Belichick's defense, and now we're starting to see something from our backs. To me. That was a step forward, not a great one, not a not a dive, not a leap, but a step forward. So I'm at least optimistic against that defense and against that coach that they were able to do some stuff. Yeah, you missed a field goal because of Deflategate 2.0. You threw a couple of picks. You Forgot ended about up that. kneeling it out at the very end, which took points off of the potential points off the board. You were in the red zone at that point. Uh, I hate when Andy, I hate when Andy's nice. I get. I hate it when he does that. I mean, this, they could have easily put up forty points in that game. Easily, it probably should have put up forty plus points in that game. And so, like, I understand everybody's feeling down today. You should feel good. That was ideal. That was the ideal scenario for the Chiefs' offense. And here's why, Ron. We don't have to see Sky Moore anymore. I don't think we're gonna have to see a whole lot of Kadarius Tony. Got hurt. I feel bad for the <laughs> guy. Like I'm not rooting for him to get hurt, but somehow he had to stop getting on the field, and this is the way that it ended up happening. I, I'm again not rooting for injury, but I'm just happy that we don't have to see it anymore, man. It's like you kind of are. I'm happy that I think the Chiefs are now going to have their best players on the field more often. Kadarius Tony, the experience experiment should be over, dude. He's just not a helpful football player. He's not a winning player if utilized the way that they've been trying to utilize him. If you want to put him in the backfield and use him as a running back and gadget plays occasionally, I'm all for it because the dude is unbelievably elusive and his body moves like jello. So I, I'm fine with that. But trying to utilize him as the number one option or a legitimate wide receiver option, it's just not working. And instead, what they've done... Guys, Rasheed Rice has become a number one wide receiver right before our very eyes. He caught all nine targets in this game on Sunday, and he did so to the tune of 90 yards and a touchdown, and he's doing it with, like, real wide receiver stuff. It's not just 
stuff at or near the line of scrimmage or hitches. Like he has become a legitimate go-to weapon for this team. So I, I thought this was a really nice game for the offense, all things considered. Frustrating, obviously, because of the um, the stuff that they just can't get out of their own way still. But between Kadarius Tony hopefully playing his way off of the field, them now going with their best wide receivers more often because of circumstances beyond their control. I don't know, man. I feel like they're in a pretty good place offensively right now. You called my post game show a funeral, and I don't. It was a bit of a. It was a beautiful funeral. I mean, it was. No, I I was was just. I was frustrated, and I was airing out my frustrations because I have to do that after every single Chiefs game, and in Week 15, I don't want to keep talking about the same things over and over again. Hence, the funeral vibes. Like you're not building the case against. It not sounding like a funeral. It did. It sounded I, like they lost by 10. To the I Patriots. still think this team is a contender for the most part, but you can't make those kinds of mistakes in the playoffs. And we've seen time and time again this season that sometimes when you're going up against really good football teams, you can't overcome the mistakes like you can against bad teams like the Patriots. And that has burned the Chiefs multiple times this season. And so why I was so frustrated after that game against the Patriots, even in a game where, you know, without those two interceptions, we're talking about like, man, Mahomes, that was one of his best performances of the season. If he doesn't throw those picks, like he's just carving up Bill Belichick's defense. That is still a talented defense, by the way. Like that's not a bunch of scrubs, even though their offense is in New England right now. But the I really, I really, I really like you should rephrase it. I think it is Mahomes' pick and then the Kadarius tumble. Oh, okay. The, the, sure. The Kadarius Tony. Pick. Sure. But it, it's it's just the same sloppy things week after week after week. And what I'm frustrated about with this team is that, like, I, I think they can fix the the slow starts from the defense that we've been seeing. I think they can get back to in the postseason being this elite level defense that we saw early in the year. But I don't feel like they can fix the turnovers. I don't feel like they can fix the penalties and all of the dumb little things that hurt them every single week because we just see it week after week after week and I'll continue to be frustrated about it until they actually prove they can go like two straight weeks without doing it. Yeah, they can't. It's frustrating. I get it. Like I'm just I just at the point is let's just minimize them. That's it. Just 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 minimize them and I don't think they minimize them enough in this game. I'm with you. They they make those mistakes against better teams. They will go down. And here's my thing. And, and and I feel like I've heard a lot of people, and I think I can understand the two of you. You're probably in a way done with Kadarius Tony. Obviously, Scott Moore. In a way. Out. Or you said in a way, as you said, if he was used in a, if he's used oh, okay. a certain way, you might that's one thing is I think Kadarius Tony has put himself in this position to just not be used. And if they did it, I don't think it's a travesty at all. For me, I do think that he does offer a level of explosiveness, especially with McColl Hardman out, that no one else does have. I don't – I've I, from the jump not loved how they used him. I would love to see him want to, him run around past 15 yards. And not, maybe he doesn't catch it, sure. But I would love to see him run around. Like, for me, I like the, one of the first games we watched him was against Jacksonville. And he runs a, a like a go route that he catches with like one hand, and, and I remember it got us to think it's stupid. And then I remember in the in the AFC Championship game, they had a near touchdown against the Bengals in the in the end zone. And in fact, it was called a touchdown at first, but it was a tough play. I don't ever see those routes from him anymore this year. I don't know. I mean, I don't every. I mean, everything is literally around the line of scrimmage, and and I don't I don't think that's the greatest way to use them now this last game you got to catch that ball and 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 maybe you turn up and do something you got to catch that ball but here is my thing with it i i think he does offer something that no one else on this team has shown to offer right now but if you say to yourself like yeah man i'm i'm out and i don't want to play him anymore because i want to minimize mistakes made like Serta was saying cool here's the number one thing for me sky Moore, kadarius tony Whoever it is, um, Blake Bell, um, uh, Donovan Smith, uh, Jawan Taylor, whoever it is, whoever that needs to go 
or needs to play to allow us to see Patrick Mahomes look like the best player in the world again, I'm about it. Because that's more important than anything is because if these things are affecting him, because as we've said it and I've said repeatedly, like he's he's not playing his best either. Now, if you're going to tell me Sky Moore and Kadarius Toney off the field means he will play his best, take up take him off the field. But if this, like, to me, take him off the field. If he will, if this will increase the f- the field that he won't make mistakes like he made with Blake Bell, that he won't make some of these mistakes like he did. Hell, I watched him have Rasheed Rice wide open on a on a second down and eight, and elected to throw it somewhere else. And I thought, and I thought he trusted him. He looked at him, looked past him, and went right to eighty seven, who was double teamed. Like if th- if those guys been off the field can move us closer to Patrick Mahomes playing like the Patrick Mahomes that we've known. And I'm not going to deny that that won't be the case. If that is the case, then take them all out. Like, send them all down. That's, that's to me, the biggest thing for this team to have a chance is that is that 15 starts to play like himself. I think yesterday, Sunday was one of his better games, but he still had the, the bad mistake uh, in it. That's the thing is, is to me is this Tony and Sky Moore off the field, make him play better. If that is the case, they can go, they can cut their asses. I wouldn't even let him make the trip. All right. If that is the case. I think it makes him more comfortable. Like when he's targeted Kadarius Tony in his past nine games, he's 18 for 25 for 110 yards and a touchdown. That's a 4.5 yards per attempt average. That's horrendous. Like that would be a, decent yards per carry average for a running back through the air. If you're not above seven, something has gone horribly awry. And some of that is to your point, Ron, like a lot of what they're doing with Kadarius Tony is at or near the line of scrimmage. I think they're doing that for a reason because I don't think Kadarius Tony has garnered enough respect, enough um, belief that he will be where he's supposed to be, that he'll run the correct routes at the correct depths. Like, I don't think Tony is that kind of a player at this point in his career. I think we were all hoping that he would develop into that. I think the Chiefs genuinely believed that well, he was well, going has? to develop into that. For Rasheed that Rice. Is, who has? Besides, Rasheed besides, Rice. Besides Rasheed Rice sometimes, because sometimes he's off too. But who like who like who else? I, Justin has? Watson, I think, is more often than not where he's supposed to be. And he's not like a game-changing threat. But, dude, at a certain point, You just got to go with guys that are going to run the right route, catch the ball, and then get the yards that are there for you. You know, and I just want to see one go route. That that's that's an easy one. I just want to see one. I just want to see him run run past the first down marker. Yeah, I would like to see. And I'd be fine with it. I like if they just want to make his new role. Hey, you're gonna win sprint down the field, and you're gonna trade places with Marquez Valdez Scantling. Like. He's going to go in. You're going to go in. He's going to go in. It's not where you got fresh legs on every play. Fine. I'm whatever. I, I'm fine with that. But at, at this point, we know what Kadarius Tony is. And more importantly, we know what he's not. And so we know what they can get out of him. And that means that he's not going to see the field a whole lot. And I think that ultimately is a good thing for this team. I think the first, whatever, 12 weeks of the season were about finding out what you had. Learning about who these guys are and who is capable of what. And what I think is super important is that now we have arrived at a place. Now, the answers have not been particularly positive for the vast majority of these players. But what we've learned is one of them. One of them is a real NFL player. And so what have they done, Ron? Well, Andy Reid has decided we're just going to funnel all of the targets through that guy. We're going to target our running backs. We're going to target Travis Kelsey. And we're going to target our one wide receiver that has emerged as a real NFL player. And I think that has helped them a ton, man. It means that they're going to focus more on the running game moving forward. And it seems to me like that will make Patrick Mahomes a happier quarterback, which will help him play better. Because did you see his reaction after the Kadarius Tony interception? He is as done as you and me and Serta are with the nonsense that happens when Kadarius Tony is dropping these passes. You don't want my, you don't want my, as I'm muted. You don't want my true feelings about that. Okay. I, I just, I, I, I wish Blake Bell would have ran over there and said it. Damn it, this is his 12th interception that he has thrown in the last 10 days, <laughs> the last 10 games. God, don't get it together. I, I wish I wish somebody over there would have done that. No, but you don't want to do that. Like, man, that Blake was – Blake Bell just screaming at yes, Patrick yes, on because the I, I would have because Blake, Blake then went gets, just got blamed for everything. I'm just – I like, I, I get it. He's frustrated. Again, this is the second straight week where he – 
he is showing his frustration level of everybody else as if nobody else out here has some damn frustration. All right, why don't you stop? Like, anyway, I just, this is my thing is, and I, I'm curious, and I'm throwing this to both of you, and sort of you, because you brought this up when you when you took your thought. Are you confident that with Sky Moore, and, I, and I'm legit asking this, are you confident that with Sky Moore out, Kadarius Toney, maybe his role dropping to just gadget, um, a handoff, jet sweep, uh, screen, well, hell, that's what he does, but just even a smaller dose of it. Are you sure that this cleans up the mistakes enough if those two guys are off the field? I think it helps it. I think it makes you better. I th- I think they should just play two tight ends more often. Last week they got to like 50% of the time where they had multiple tight ends. Um, I- I'd like to see it even more. Like just, just go with Kelsey and Noah Gray and take a receiver off the field. Have fewer plays where you have the three wide receivers on the field. So that, that would be my replacement. I think Noah Gray is better than any of the other third wide receivers that you can have on the field. So uh, that would be the way that I'd go about it. Do use some more two running back options. Like, now that we've seen Clyde can actually play a little bit, go ahead and put him out there a little bit more. Use Isaiah Isaiah Pacheco a lot now that he's back. Go with uh, some of McKinnon. Like the, those would be the things that I would do instead. And I think all of those, to your question, Ron, yeah, I think they eliminate more of the mistakes than what you've seen so far this year. Not all of yeah. them, but a lot more. I was gonna say I think that the chances of of errors go can go down, but I I wonder how confident. That's what I said. Are you confident, sort of that? After the if those two are, are are taken down and off, that you and Rocky will be coming in these post game shows and you won't show the frustration of the errors and mistakes made. You think are you uh, confident? I'm, oh, I'm sure they'll still make mistakes. I'm sure they'll still get plenty of penalties and do dumb things every week. But I am confident that you can hopefully get rid of one stupid turnover a game, like with him not on the field so much getting targeted in critical moments of games. Like I I think it's going to be a little bit more of a rotation where I I think you're going to see a lot of Justin Watson and Rasheed Rice. Like we kind of have been and MVS is probably going to be mixed in back into the rotation more with Richie James coming in and then McCole Hardman, who is getting back to healthy now. They just opened up his 21-day practice window, so he could be back soon. So I think it's going to be a rotation of those guys. But at least, like, I listen, and I've been very critical of Marquez Valdez-Scantling this season, but he at least is, like, reliable somewhat, I guess, like, knows the offense. So, like, as long as he's, as long as he's playing, like, 30% 30% of the snaps, I can live with that. I just don't want him playing 80% of the snaps. I, listen, I and I want to just – I want to say this, and, and, I, and I think it's a reflection of the fan base and where people are and, like, the funeral you and Rocky had after the post-game <laughs> show and, um, and and potentially may have again Sunday um, in a win. I, I it, it gives off – from them on the field. Like one thing that really jumped out, I was annoyingly optimistic coming out of this game. And I I don't know, we've talked about it a bit, but man, ain't nobody out there enjoying this from that team. Nope. Like nobody, like nobody like that to me, when you think about, all right, the chiefs and we on this, on this podcast for since, since it has started, have made the comparison to golden state. They have felt very Golden State like. Well, they are feeling like them right now. And to to the to the point that I'm making is, when I looked at the Chiefs and Golden State, not only did they win, but they look like they is having a blast. They look like every. I mean, everybody is having the time of their life. Like they're they're not just winning, but they're winning with swagger and fun, and they're I mean, and everybody, the fan base is like everybody's having a good time. And then Draymond happened. And now whatever has happened with this team from the jump, man, they look like they just going to work and punching the clock and just can't wait to get up out of there. Even in a 10 point, a 10 point win. Like, they, I mean, Clyde made that, made that catch. It looked like a fake celebration from Travis and like Travis didn't like his heart was really, and it held Taylor didn't even look like she was enjoying herself in the box. I just, I want to see this team to get back to the fun, natured, loving, or, uh, and, and the, and, the excitement and all of that that they used to play with and the joy they used to play with. They look like 
I mean, we've all been here, people listening here. You've all had jobs where you're like, man, I'm just, what time do we get off? That's what they look like. They look like, all right, Hill, all right, we won, okay. What time do we get off? They don't look like they're enjoying this at all. As as like Mahomes, this is back-to-back games where he's lost it in some form or fashion. Chris Jones is getting after it with the defensive line coach and they're breaking surfaces. I mean, this is, I mean, they just don't appear to be having a good time at all. And maybe, maybe Sky Moore and K- Kadarius getting out of here will help that too. I don't know See, what it is. I, I don't know that I agree entirely. Um, I, I do think there have been a lot of moments this year where it, it looks bad. And frankly, I haven't particularly enjoyed watching this team for most of the season. I did think Sunday was a little different though. Um, and the reason why is because like, it seemed like, Clyde was uh, Clyde just a super liked guy on the team I I was unfamiliar with this but apparently the dude just absolutely loved Clyde Edwards Alaire um and his touchdown felt like it was like a sigh of relief for a lot of guys the Rasheed Rice play that was the kind of thing that you would typically see from a previous iteration of the Kansas City Chiefs where it's like a 1940s play that Andy Reid decided to come up with that they've apparently been working on for like the last eight weeks of the regular season. And he decides to break it out. And on that play, Jarek McKinnon, instead of handing it off, decides, hey, I'm going to improvise here. I want a passing touchdown. So like that is classic chief stuff that did happen in this game. The difference, Ron, is it's not as consistent. And I think that's the difference of this team. They're not as consistent, and not all of it comes as easy as it has in the past. This year, it feels hard. It feels like every drive is a grind, dude. Instead of it being four plays, 75 yards, and a minute 25 off the clock on the drive, it's 12 plays, 75 yards, and they find a way to get a touchdown by eking it out on third and goal from the two. Like That is the difference in the feel of this team. And that does not lend itself to quite as much fun when you're having to grind through things the way that the Chiefs have this year. So yeah, I think they're getting there to some degree, but it's just not nearly as consistent as it has been. I mean, they're they're running plays, but afterwards, like their celebrations for like they just because they got to their heart wasn't in that little pinch press thing they did last week. Uh, that, that, that they didn't. Yeah, I could tell they weren't they weren't selling that. I need some. Potato. I think you're projecting. I think you're. Projecting. I need some. I'm just looking in their eyes. I, I see in their eyes. I need some potato sack race jumps. I need. I, need, I, think, I, I think Jarek McKinnon had his heart and all. Of that. No, I don't think he did. Not everybody else didn't. I don't think so. I need. I need to see something. Let's see some fun, man. Somebody mm-hmm. smile. Jesus, man. Everybody I mean, two like- weeks ago they had what was like potentially one of the plays of the year uh with Travis Kelsey lateraling on what could have been the game winning touchdown yeah, and then I'm we all not know what saying happened, that but they like, don't still they don't still run spicy plays they do things they do reckless things I'm not <laughs> I'm not sure I'm not saying they do it's just just the overall feel like it looks like to me what they want to really do when they score touchdowns is just run off the field but they they got it they you know hey we got to do the little celebration thing here I it's just, not new it, anymore. I think that's why is because it's not new. It's not fresh. It's not it, it, like just don't. They don't feel it. They just don't feel like they're having fun. They don't. <laughs> they look like a bunch of Rockies out there. <laughs> Sorry, Rock. After the games, when they when they lose or win by ten, uh, Rocky just wants the best. I know he does. I know it. They just but you. I think there's a part that that, that you're right about. They just seem stressed. Like they seem like they're stressed. they're a married couple, man. Like they've been in like this thing for a decade. It. This isn't the same as it was that night two when you're together and everything is like the heat is there. You can feel the passion. There's a Where clear buzz here? in the air. Like you go out <laughs> for a date and the date lasts six. Hours. Sorry, um, you That's know it's just it's different. <laughs> it's a little different by the time you get to year ten of your relationship, man. This is what year six of Mahomes here in Kansas City and like. This is a very different version of the Chiefs offense with Mahomes, and it's not nearly as much fun. And I, so I think some I'm, of it is us projecting, but you could speak yourself. I'm willing for a 15 yard penalty on Christmas for uh, over the top celebration just to get back to themselves. I'm, I'm in it. Like I, Nick, I want the first first down that that Travis catches that he gets up and goes insane like he always does. Can we get? The, the stanky league. Can we, I mean, can we just get something like just to show me like you're yourselves? 
Throughout this season, we'll be cooking up our own parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage for all of you, our loyal fans, to follow. This week, our parlay is, of course, centered on the Christmas Day matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and Las Vegas Raiders. We'll have that up for you on Monday morning, so take a break from opening Christmas presents and make sure you're locked into the Arrowhead Pride Twitter account. Each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, we took a week off because that Patriots game had no um, no interest really at all on what they were going to do when they had the ball or when the Chiefs did, to be honest with you. But we'll, we'll Hunter get back. Henry killed him. I'm telling you, man, he's going to be a heck of a free agent uh, for somebody <laughs> next year. Um, <clears throat> Chiefs. Wouldn't be bad. Um, although I'd like to see if Noah Gray could could get more than one ball thrown to him the game. Um all right, let's do this with the Chiefs uh, have the ball in this game. And I think uh, you you were excited, BK, about at least, at least finding out what the Chiefs are and let's see if they can continue to do that against this Raiders defense. So I think we have officially seen a changing of the guard for the Chiefs. And Ron is going to get mad at me for this, but... I think I'm they not have a get new, mad at you. I think they have a new number one. And I'm not talking about a number one wide receiver. I'm talking about a number one pass catcher. Rasheed Rice is their best pass catcher. I think you're out of your mind. I, I understand that they also have Travis Kelsey on the team. And I love Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is amazing. And this is not a shot against Travis Kelsey. I want to say that on the front end. But Travis Kelsey is not the same player that he was even as recently as last year. Again, not a shot against him. He's getting up there in age. Rasheed Rice, meanwhile, is peaking at the exact right time, dude. He is playing like a legitimate number one wide receiver, and the Chiefs are now targeting him as such. Over the past four weeks, the only players with more targets than Rasheed Rice are CeeDee Lamb, Michael Pittman Jr., A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams, D.J. Moore, and Calvin Ridley. Those are all legitimate alphas on their teams. I was about to say, how many names are you about to say? It's only five. And Rasheed Rice has become that for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, number two on this team is obviously Travis Kelsey. But you have entered a place where every single week Rasheed Rice should get at least 10 targets. If they're throwing the ball 25, 28 times, he should get at least 10 of them. And if he gets those, he's going to put up big-time numbers because he is that kind of talented. He is like early career Sammy Watkins before Ron started calling him tenderfoot. Like we're talking about the guy that was playing for Buffalo uh, version of Sammy Watkins. I love what we've seen from him. He's become the number one pass catcher on the Kansas City Chiefs, and this team's going to go as far as he is able to take them. So that's what their identity is, and now it becomes a question of what does that mean for them in both the short and the long term. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I don't. Listen, he has stepped up big time, and they've needed him, and I think this is going to help their number one pass catcher. All right, I, I I think his emergence is going to help Kelsey. I think he is getting a lot because nobody is focusing anything on him. They're literally like the reason why I can't go there with you is the focus is one hundred percent on Travis Kelsey and trying to stop. Him did you feel game. like that this week? Because I didn't. I did. I I, oh, I did. I, I felt I felt like that they were still like that was. I felt like that was what Belichick wanted to take away. Um, now, I think there was some plays that, that should have been made and could have been made by Travis. I think Travis was afraid he was going to get drilled in the end zone and, and short-armed that. And I, and I think there's some stuff that could have been made. And, yes, and I'm with you. Travis is not playing at the level that we are accustomed to. I think Travis has been good this year, not great, um, and has had flashes and moments. But I just think this is this is going to help him. I do think – I think Rasheed Rice still is getting a lot of – 
outside of the screens that he's getting all the time. But I think Rasheed is getting a lot of, of help because of the attention that, that Travis Kelsey is attracting. Like they're always, they're always shading something towards him trying to stop him. But I do think people are going to be more aware and the numbers you've, you've sprouted out are going to be more aware of him and that he is going to, uh, he's going to garner a little bit more attention, which is going to me, to, to, to me, help Travis Kelsey. I still think right now Travis Kelsey is the number one receiving threat on this team because he is the guy everybody tries to take away, and that will never change. They will never start rolling, at least this year. They will never start saying, we got to come in here and stop Rasheed Rice so we can allow Travis Kelsey to go eat up everybody. Now, Travis Kelsey has maybe taken a step down in terms of being able to just beat double teams or beat uh, beat that type of coverage. Maybe there's something there, and I think maybe a connection with the offensive line and the time that Mahomes has. But if you're going to let him go one-on-one with linebackers or safeties, oh, oh he's going he gonna to eat them up. We've seen it. You talked about last year. We've seen Travis have big games this year. He went on a stretch there in the middle of the season where he went off. Uh, so I think that is still there. I just think this is this is coming in the perfect time that Rasheed Rice is starting to emerge because it's going to help Travis. See, I'm not there yet to say that Rasheed is is the number one pass catcher mm-hmm. like over Kelsey, but I do think that he's playing so well right now. He is going to start being a guy that teams game plan for now. I don't know that teams are going to game plan for him ahead of Travis Kelsey, but if he keeps playing like this, playoff teams are going to game plan for Rasheed Rice ahead of Travis Kelsey. Unless we see over the next couple of weeks before the postseason, like these teams start start shifting coverage to we got a double team Rice, we can shut everybody else down one on one if we have to, and then Kelsey goes off. Like, and then teams are like, okay, it's got to be somewhere in between or whatever. But when they become the two guys that they say, okay, we have to game plan for these guys, it's then, okay, how do the Chiefs react to that? And how do they get Rasheed Rice the ball when he's the one that's drawing all of the attention from the defense? I think it's trending in that direction. I don't think it's quite there yet. I still think that it is Travis Kelsey, but I think come the playoffs, if if Rasheed Rice continues to do this, I think those defenses that you see in the postseason are going to be game plan. Let me ask you it this way then. If you're a defensive coordinator, who scares you more right now? Travis Kelsey. Oh, I think it's still Kelsey, but yeah, I think I think because he, he can, he he's just, he's so smart and he can always just find space and get open. Even and, if he's not the, even if he's not going to necessarily like win deep, like he used to. And the connection that him and Mahomes have, they, I mean, they're doing stuff that they don't even know what they're going to do yet. And I, and, and here's my other thing is with, with that, and and this is going to be an adjustment I think that may start we may start to see is I don't know I I don't know the numbers I would love to see it but it, it is starting to form in my head like there's not a lot of routes on the route tree that Rashi is running it seems like he has a sp- specific amount of routes that he runs every game we see the receiver screen we see the little hitch that stop we see. We're not, there's not really a lot of like downfield. I remember the fade he caught against the Packers uh, in a game. There was one against the Bills there late before all the chaos with, with. We saw a drag, we saw a dig this week. Back uh, shoulder. I, I like seeing some of that stuff. I, I think they're starting to incorporate more. I think they're starting to trust him more. And I think that's the biggest thing with his development that's impressed me is that he is starting to expand a little bit, but you're right, Ron. It, it's taken until the last like, probably three weeks before we've really seen this i'm just saying i, th- I feel like i like we'll see if they extend more but i feel like all defenses who are going to take him more serious i think you can watch tape and see what i mean my man's running like four routes and like we it's we, just so hard to be. take away though because so much of what he's doing comes after the catch and it's really hard to stop him after the catch like he's just a, a really special uh guy with the ball in his hands so and 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 I think teams are going to start to pay attention to that, and we'll see, you, you know, if there's more defenders added over. Like, it, it, I think he's going to have to. That's the thing for me, and, and another reason why when you say he scares, who scares you the most? Like he's not doing stuff down the field yet. 
if that, if that makes sense. Like he's he's really, to be honest with you, like he's in the the same area of like Kelsey, like the parts of the field or like he's in the same. Like it's not down the field yet. It's not. It's, it's not. If they can incorporate that to make that as a as a part of it, that is why. But him, his emergence though is still is is to the point you're saying. Eventually, people are going to say, "Well, I mean, we we're not going to just let this cat just just keep lighting us up 15 yards on these screens." Like we're gonna have to cheat, cheat over, and then you're cheating over with safeties, and now you're potentially opening things up for him. I, I am with the receiver thing. I am intrigued, and I wonder where you guys think this goes. We know Sky Moore went on the IR um, with the uh, the knee. I, who, I'm, I'm wondering what we see in this. Who is gonna fill that void? Like who is going to get those opportunities? Right. Like, I and mean, we look at it. We know there's, there's. Obviously, MVS that's out there. There's Tony. The thought is for many, although Andy seems to be hell-bent on the other way, that maybe his snaps get dropped. Obviously, we see what they're doing with Rasheed Rice. I mean, he played he played like 95% of the offensive snaps in the game mm-hmm. on Sunday. Um, and and Justin Watson, obviously. Who is it? Is it Richie James who maybe people are, are pushing to get more? I'm, in, I'm intrigued to see. Who gets or how whatever the slime sly sky more uh, uh, snaps how that gets divvied up. So we had 15 snaps in this game on Sunday against the Patriots. So it, it's not a big uh, piece of the pie. I, I think what you could see is like they kind of just get shared around, right? So MVS, I think Serta mentioned him earlier. I think he gets a decent number of them. I think you'll see a little bit more of Noah Gray when he gets back. I think the guy that really takes on those snaps is they just replace him one for one with McCall Hardman. Like, I think that ends up being the guy that gets all of them. But for the here and now, I I think a lot of them go to MVS and Noah Gray. And then you might just see more of Justin Watson. He was on the field for 68% of the snaps last week. Maybe he just becomes like an 80 plus percent snap wide receiver for the Chiefs. I I don't think he's a guy that scares anybody and he should not be getting like 11 targets the way that he did earlier this year, but that's just one game. He's right, (laughs) but he's, he's on the field and he'll, he'll do the right things and he gets, you know, three to five targets a week and he makes a couple of catches Four, four, four is the perfect number of targets a week for Justin Watson. I'll give him five. Sweet spot. <laughs> no, I, it, it'll be interesting to see. A lot of people want to see Richie James. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess we're at a point where he'll give anybody a shot to see what they can what they can do. I'm I'm not sure. I, I'm sure we may see see more of him, but the I problem do, I, is like Rasheed lines up in the the slot a lot. Him between him and Kelsey, like those are your slot receivers. So it's kind of hard to get a lot out of Richie James when those are the guys that are lining up there. Yeah, I, I think they're just going to tighten it down. You think, you think we see less Kadarius Tony, or you think this means we may see a little bit more of him with Sky Moore out? You said it's about fifteen snaps. Does, does some of that shoot over to Kadarius? I mean, Kadarius had twenty five snaps last week. If he's a like, get him another 40, five. No, <laughs> thirty. You I, think think he's, he... I think he's back down to like ten to fifteen percent yeah. of snaps. I can't wait to see this because I who plays more this week, Blake Bell or uh, Kadarius Tony? Kadarius Tony. I think he plays more. I think that's Kadarius, situation, it better be Kadarius Tony. I think Kadarius is going to play more, a lot more than many of you want him to. A lot more. Just put two running backs and two tight ends on the field at all times. Yeah, they're not going to do that. <laughs> He's going to play a lot more than you want him to. And I and I'll be the one if he makes a big play. I'll be the one to give him his respect. I know you two will not. All right. I'll just be telling you to wait till the next one when he screws up and it becomes an interception (laughs) that goes the other way for six points. It'll be great. He's going to start knocking them down to the ground (laughs) instead of just catching them. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge... That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. 
It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, when the Raiders have the ball, um, I, I think one thing that we saw them them do a bit last week in that second half, especially they heated up ba- Bailey Zappi. I think that led to it. Well, one of the turnovers was just stupid from Bailey Zappi. I don't know why he why he threw that ball and 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 allowed Willie Gay to go ahead and just catch that. But I think they did heat him up as we saw multiple sacks in this game. I think for me this is another one where and they didn't get any sacks the last time they played the Raiders. Um, and and they stopped him in that second half. To me, the front seven, the guys up front, uh, to heat up the rookie again and to make things tough for him. Because I mean, obviously they've got Adams, and they've got some things there. But I, I think it's it's going to be big on the D line, led by Chris Jones, to heat up, uh, heat up the Raiders. Have you guys seen some of the pass rush numbers for the Chiefs? They're shocking to me. What do you like, mean appa- they're shocking? Uh, apparently. The Chiefs are one of the best teams in the league at getting pressure consistently. And Chris Jones over the last like six weeks has been the best guy in the league at getting pressure on the opposing quarterback. Pressures, yes. And aren't they second in sacks in the league? Does it feel that way to you? Like just uh, watching the games, feeling it out, being a Chiefs fan, does it feel to you like they are consistently winning up front right now? Yes. Really? Yeah. There there was – yeah, it feels like they're getting like th- those numbers feel right to me. Um, yeah, I think they I get I think they get pressure every week, but I don't think that like it, it's not in the ways that we're used to. Like we're not seeing Chris Jones game wreck. Like we're seeing a lot of different dudes get to get to the quarterback or get after the quarterback each week. Man. Yeah, I mean, like they had they had three sacks, three or four sacks against the Patriots. They had three three or four sacks against the Bills and pressured Josh a lot. The one game that sticks out to me that they did that feel that felt like they couldn't do anything was a Packer game, and I, I like that game. That game stuck out to me. Where, but it, honestly, in that game, they got, they got pressures and sacks too. In that game, yeah, it felt like that to me. That is still a strength, especially when you add in how successful, and and maybe it, maybe it was really success, successful early, but how successful he is with McDuffie on blitzes. Like, I mean, that they there and now this week it was Watson. Uh, Jalen Watson got one. They they seem to get a pressure or a sack at least one every week with a corner off the edge. And I think that's kind of to the point what Sir is saying. It, it's not looking the same, but yeah, they 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 have pressured the quarterback. Um, to me, that those numbers feel right. That's interesting because, like, when I watch it, and, and really, I'm I'm talking about the front four. Like, I'm not I'm not trying to bring in the the blitz packages because that to me is almost a separate conversation. When they rush four, I don't feel like they're getting home very often. Like, I don't feel the same way about Chris Jones and this front four that that I that I did earlier in the season. I want to see more from Charles and Minihue. I want to see more from Chris Jones. The other guys, like Mike Dan is doing exactly what I hoped that he would do. George Karloft is exactly what I hoped he would do. The stars, though, the guys that you paid up front, I think they need to be better, man. I think you need to see more of them and more consistently out of them. Because when you're rushing four and you've got those two dudes that are lining up next to one another, I, I don't know, I guess... Maybe I had unrealistic expectations, but I, I was kind of hoping that they would be more consistently disruptive than this. Well, with Charles, I I, I don't know. I don't, he's, you know, I, I, they paid him, but I don't think a Minahue, like I don't feel him as a star. I feel like a Minahue is very similar to, to Karlovsky, uh, to George. I, like, I, I feel like they're in that Karlovskis. Is that what I said? That's not what I said the first time. I think I said oh. Karlovskis or something. I think yeah, they're very similar. You got a stroke that first time, but the second yeah. time you got it. Karlovskis. <laughs> they're, I, think, I, like, I, I, I kind of tend to believe he's more in that range. Chris Jones, I think, is very fair. Like, uh, and, and I think Chris Jones, to be honest, has, has really shown to be the hidden, kind of the hidden major issue 
with this team that a lot of people aren't discussing because it's been easy to kind of kind of lay things on the feet at the feet of some of the more mediocre players. Um, and those mistakes have loomed large late in games. But Chris Jones has just been like, especially in most stretches this year, he's been he's just been good. He's been a, he's been good. He has been good. Dare I would say even Pro Bowl level good. Where I think he is taking a ton of attention, a ton of attention. Uh, wherever he lines up, they're trying to double team him, and you can see guys are getting uh, getting home and getting pressures because they are they are allotting multiple bodies at Chris Jones. But that's what good players do. Great players are able to do that and make plays. Great players can do that and come up with two sacks. And I think that is beyond fair to wonder, yo, man, you've been good, but you're a great player. And great players also get home as well as get other p- other players, uh, make life easier for other players. So I, I think that is, the, I think that's a hidden story with this team is if you think about their Hall of Fame, borderline Hall, Hall of Fame to Hall of Fame level players, or people on the team with Andy, Pat, Travis, and Chris, I think all of them have just been good. None of them great. And and I think that is that is something that should be expectations the next three games and the rest of the way for Chris Jones in his last season. And, yeah, I, I think that they've got tremendous depth. they got a lot of guys that can get after the quarterback, and that has really helped this season. But, yeah, like I totally agree. It's – Chris Jones wants a new contract. Chris Jones wants to make $34 million a year. Well, the guy is the pass rushers who make $34 million a year. They still get sacks, even when they're getting double teamed and triple teamed. So like you can make that excuse for Chris Jones. Like, Oh, he's drawing all that attention away for all the other guys to go get opportunities. Like, yeah, that's great. But last season we saw game record Chris Jones where it didn't matter how much attention you were bringing to him. He was moving all over the line, winning everywhere and obliterating everybody. He hasn't done that as much this season. And it's not like it's not like he's getting more attention this year than he was last season. Like he's always gotten the most attention on the Chiefs defensive line this season. He's just not totally crushing those guys despite it. Like. He's, that, he's not having what, the Jacksonville game like he had earlier yeah, this year. The, that's what, the that's what game. he's looking to get paid for, and it's just not really what he's been. He's still been excellent, but he hasn't been – Yeah, Great. Like he, he hasn't been like the Hall of Fame caliber player who still wants to make $30-plus dollars And I thought he was better earlier in the season than he has been lately. Like in his last eight games, guys, he has two sacks. They both came in that Philly game, and we gave him his credit after that game. He was a wrecking ball. There were a couple of drives that like – he himself alone just ended the drive for Philadelphia. They were not going to be able to convert. They weren't going to be able to move the ball. And so he had two sacks in that game. He ended up with four TFLs in that game. The last seven weeks around that, so eliminate the Philadelphia game, the other most recent seven games in which he has played, zero sacks and two tackles for loss. That's not good enough, dude. You need more out of that guy. And it's the disruption. It's the production. It's everything. He's got to be better for them. And we're talking about all of this because we're talking about an elite level player that Serta mentioned wants to be paid $30 million a year. And we're talking about a defense that has to be the driving force for this team when they get into the playoffs to be able to win a Super Bowl. Those are the expectations for the Chiefs. If you just want them to be good, they've been more than good. But if you want them to be elite, you want them to win a Super Bowl, you these are the kinds of players you need. Yep. You need your best player to be great. Um, I still think he is the best player. I think there is some debates on some others. Like I think Brandon Kylie is starting to slide over to this Legere. Oh, there's Sneed no starting train. to. I've slid all the way over. Legereus Sneed is the best player on this defense right now. He's a, I mean, he might be an all pro level cornerback. I think he is. Uh, he, he is, is all pro. He is the the clear cut number one priority going into the offseason. You have to re-sign this guy. There is no doubt about it. He's just too important to what they're doing defensively right now. Every single week, and I know this week, like Ron, we mentioned this before the show, wasn't exactly the same number one caliber wide receiver that you were going up against this week. But he was making plays all over the field, man. Just an absolute nightmare to go up against. I I have had so much fun 
watching Legereus Sneed play football this year. And uh, he's he's emerged as the best player on your defense and one of the best players in the NFL on that side of the ball this year. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, he's an all pro, in my opinion, despite what pro football focus grades him as. Uh, he was that like the, maybe the biggest play that they, they got on him was the, the Parker. Um, I, I want to say back shoulder fade short. Like that looked like the wind knocked down, but the jam he got on him to disrupt that route. Devontae Parker's not a small guy. The jam he got on him was just like, damn. He pushed him sideways two yards, and and uh, that's craziness. But this defense, they got to step up. But Chris Jones, I'm with you. Like, Legereus Need is a great player that has played great. McDuffie has started to do that. They need Chris Jones to be more than just good. He needs to. He needs to be great. All right, sir. To get my music, this is the game that is sweeping the nation right here, baby. You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. Right here, certified or imposter? We uh, we pose a question. Do you think it's certified or it's imposter? As we look at it, the Chiefs are sitting here at nine and five with three very, very winnable games left. When you got the Aiden O'Connells and you got, even though Jake Browning is getting himself going, you got Jake Browning, which could be without Jamar Chase, who, who was missing the game Sunday against the Steelers with a shoulder issue, maybe out against the Chiefs. And then we saw that Chargers group. We saw Easton Stick. We saw the Chargers who, I don't even know who's coaching them. Um, but those are the three left. They got a chance to get, uh, to 12 and five. They've got a chance to win the rest of these games. And then right now they're a game behind the Dolphins, two games behind the Ravens. Those two play each other, and the Ravens have a pretty tough schedule as they play the Niners this week, followed by the Dolphins. I'll say this. Is it, would you say, it's extremely important for the Chiefs to have home field advantage? Certified or imposter, it's extremely important for the Chiefs to have home field advantage. I'm going to say imposter. Now, you know what? No, it's certified. This team isn't good enough to win three consecutive games. There's just too too much variance. They can lose to anybody. We've seen it already this year. Like they, they, this is not the same Chiefs team that we've seen in years past. And other teams, like other versions of the Chiefs, I would have been like, yeah, go ahead. Throw out the Browns, the Jags, the Colts, the Texans, all these teams that could filter into that like, six or seven spot of the AFC and I'd have more than enough confidence that the Chiefs can go in there and win at home against those teams right now I don't have that same level of confidence to beat them and then go on the road and then go on the road again potentially to be able to get to the Super Bowl I don't have that level of confidence so I'm gonna say it's certified that they need it and Ron I think they might get it man it's not as outlandish as people are suggesting that it is all you need and it's a lot but all you need (laughs) all you need You need the 49ers to beat the Ravens, which I expect this week. And then you need the Dolphins to beat the Ravens. And then you need the Dolphins to lose one of their game this week against Dallas, which I think is more than possible, or week 18 against Buffalo. Again, very realistic. So I I don't think it's all that crazy to believe that this is in play. And I do think it's very, very important for the Chiefs. I think that it's certified that, yes, it's important for the Chiefs, but I totally disagree with BK. I don't think they're getting it. I don't think and I don't think Baltimore is losing two games like they could easily lose to the 49ers. Sure. 49ers playing like the absolute best team in the NFL. They look totally unstoppable. It doesn't matter who they're playing on a given Sunday. But Baltimore is not losing their final two games. So I think we should just wrap this up. Like, I don't, I don't think we should keep talking like, you know, if they win out and if we get some help from Baltimore, the Kansas City Chiefs will get the AFC by Baltimore's not losing two more, two more games. Like it's just not going to happen. They, There's they no so... chance Miami can beat them. No chance. No, I don't okay. believe that Miami can beat them because Miami has not beaten a good team all season. Like they're, they're a fun offense they're explosive. They got really fast guys on their team. And I think, I think Mike McDaniel is a great head coach and play caller, but I don't think that they're going to beat the Ravens in that defense. No, but, not for a second. All right. So I, I think first off, I'm going to say it's imposter. Uh, and, and second is I think sort of you're a little aggressive on 
that the Ravens can't lose to the Dolphins. I mean, they have they've lost at home to the Colts. They yeah, lost it, and they lost that Kenny Pickett led Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers team. This is these, they, these are crunch time games, and they lost right. to Deshaun Watson at home. Yeah, at home that. They've had holding, some weird. They've had holding, some weird losses. This holding year. some big leads. They've had now, some weird losses, but this is this is for the playoff lot. They just great. needed they overtime to beat the Rams two weeks ago. They looked. They looked so good against the Jags. They they looked amazing. Did they? I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I think it, the Jags was, looked bad more than the Ravens looked good. It was it was ten ten there. That late defense up. is so good. They're not listen. Leaving. I I listen. I don't think the Chiefs are going. I think they're going to be the two seed. I, I have no, there's no chance in the world. I believe that Miami Dolphins are going to go three and zero through the rest of their schedule, and I think the Chiefs probably will go three and zero. I don't think that is going to happen. So I think they're going to get the two seed. But to the original thing that it's huge that they get it, I don't think it is because they can lose anywhere. Like they can, they can lose anywhere. They lose at Arrowhead. <laughs> they can lose, and I think they can win anywhere. Like they they lose to the Bills at home. Who else they lose to at home this year? Uh, they they lost to who the who the hell else? The, did they the Detroit Lions. And they, yeah, and the Lions they can lose to anybody. They can lose on the road. They can like to me it is how many mistakes are you gonna make? And I listen. I love Arrowhead, and I think generally Arrowhead is a difficult place to place play. And yes, it is an advantage, but it is more about how many mistakes are you gonna make this week. And what and what is the offense going to do? And are they going to be able to work around the mistakes they make? And they make them in Arrowhead, they make them in Lambeau, they make them in a Mile High, they make them in Germany, they make them everywhere. It is just how much can you hold up? So I don't. I'm not afraid of any any uh, any road game because I. I think it's not like to me, it's like, oh boy, if they get home field and it has to go through Arrowhead, like I know Buffalo can walk in there and beat them. Like I know, like I know there are But teams- that's why I think it's so important, Ron, is because you're avoiding that first game. Like it to me has nothing to do with the home field advantage and everything to do with just avoiding one of those 50-50 variance games. Yeah, but with the two and- seed, I the two seed, I think you I mean, you're gonna get two home games. What are you due to the fear of having the, the bills in the first round? Is that what you're Yeah, I mean that's a that's a really big deal is you you just avoid that game. Like it again, it's not about home field, road, whatever. Like well, I yours is more the buy. Yeah. yeah, it's the buy, it's getting healthy. It's making sure that Travis Kelsey has an extra week of rest. It's not playing against the Buffalo Bills in the first round of the postseason. Like all of those things accumulate to where I think it's a super important thing for this team. But yeah, the, the most important part is just not playing that game. Yeah, I hear that. I just don't think it's imperative. Like, I mean, you might get the Bills, but I mean, you're going to, you got to face good teams. So uh, to me, I just, it's like for me, it's just like, boy, the I just think you can lose anywhere <laughs> and they can win anywhere. Is where they are. All right, prediction time. Uh, you guys nervous? They put up sixty three last week. No, uh, this no. offense is. Ro- oh, okay. What's your prediction for the game, sir? Jeez. <laughs> um. No, I'm not confident in that sixty three point outburst. But I will say the Raiders' defense has been playing much better under Antonio Pierce. They've also had a really favorable schedule and gone up against a lot of really bad offenses. So. I think even in uh, where where we are guaranteed to see some frustrating Chiefs play at the end of the day, I think the defense can get back on track. I don't think that they're going to have the same kind of slow start that they had in that first quarter against the Raiders in the first matchup. So I I think the Chiefs win. I don't think it's a high scoring thing. I think they shut down Aiden O'Connell in the rushing game and all of that stuff. So I've got the Chiefs winning 27 to 13. Hey, we have the exact same score. Chiefs win 27-13. I don't think I need to say anything more. I agree with everything Serta said. He's a very smart man. Yeah, I, I was I'm close. Um, I'm gonna I, I believe that they add one more point than what they did last week. There's improvement four by touchdowns a by a point. Um not saying it's all touchdowns the way they get there, but um uh maybe a safety or something mixed in there. Who knows? Um, but <laughs> I think I, I got it 28, 28, 14. 28-14 Chiefs uh, win this game, and we fake Raider Reek 
uh, one more time like it's important. Um, but I, I think the Chiefs will win this game. And uh, and I think we, we feel better taking another step with this offense. They did put up 31 basically in three quarters the last time they played the Raiders. That would be a nice thing to see if they can go up above 30 in this game. But I just don't trust trust these guys not nearly enough but we'll see all right fellas we are out hey there it's pete sweeney from arrowhead pride and i'm excited to announce a new element of the arrowhead pride experience for diehard chiefs fans it's our brand new newsletter arrowhead pride premiere Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after each game to unpack exactly what happened. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride Premier today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.